And now, The Mentors, one of the most popular and unique shows on the radio today. Each week, one of our four remarkable CEOs, including Tom Lord, John Phillips, and Rick Brutico, will challenge your thinking about life and work. Sought after for their success and for consistently putting people first, treating employees and customers with respect, and helping others succeed, now these same CEOs, the mentors, want to help you achieve your highest level of profitability, success, and personal fulfillment in life, at work, and in business. Now, here's your mentor. Welcome back. I'm Tom Laurie. Now that we are nearly two years into the pandemic, remote work remains popular, and many conferences have resorted to the use of virtual presentations. While many are enjoying, including me, the escape from long commutes, there are new challenges that we must address. One is effectively communicating and building relationships with customers and colleagues when using video conferencing platforms such as Zoom. Today, our guest mentor is an expert in virtual communications, including presentations, and has recently released a book, Presenting Virtually, Communicate and Connect with Online Audience. She is Patty Sanchez, the Chief Strategy Officer of Duarte Communications and co-author of an award-winning book, Illuminate, Ignite Change Through Speeches, Stories, Ceremonies, and Symbols. Welcome, Patty, and let's get started and tell us just briefly a little bit about Duarte. Thank you. Happy to be here. Duarte is a communication firm, as you said. We work with some of the world's biggest brands to help them tell their stories. Uh, On the creative side, we also have a training business that teaches people how to communicate their ideas really powerfully in a lot of different settings, certainly in formal presentations, but anytime they're in front of an audience, which could be a small audience or a big one, and they need to get an idea across. We teach people how to do that effectively, empathetically, through many times storytelling principles. And it's, uh, you've, you've got, there's three books that I've read already because Nancy and you participated in one of them is very prolific. One is called Resonate on how to present visual stories, Slideology, the art and science of creating great presentations, primarily focused on the slides and then Illuminate, uh, which I believe is the one that you participated in uh, co-authoring. Yes. Um, and so I want to bring those up front because as we go through, we're going to touch on because they, you do incorporate these elements into virtual presentations and particularly when it comes to putting a presentation together and due to time, we're just not going to be able to get through all of it. And I just want the audience to be aware uh, that there are some books that are very well written, provide a lot of information and are going to be posted on our website at the end of the uh, for the people when they go to the website after the show. And I also understand you have a seminar or a webinar that you now provide people access to uh, via Duarte on uh, the use of uh, virtual communications. I know there's a charge for it, but uh, there is some program that you offer, isn't there? Yeah, we're uh, launching this month an online course uh, that anybody can take at their own pass, uh, at their own pace, called Presenting Virtually. It's based on what's in the book. Uh, it's $99, real low cost, something you can easily expense at work uh, or you know, buy as a present for somebody who is in the position of having to present virtually more often. We'll give you all the basics. Well, we'll post that to the website. And again, this was not a paid ad. This is something I thought was important for our audience to know Thank because you. we've got, we've got a not a lot of time and we got a lot of ground to cover and what i'd like to do uh in this show is to talk first about just uh, virtual communications and then uh at the back end of the show we're going to talk about presentations themselves so i imagine that duarte itself has joined the ranks of companies using video conferencing uh what have you what have you learned just on the communications between employees uh and possibly customers not the presentation side just virtual communications. What are some of the big takeaways? For sure. Well, it is something that we have been doing for years as a business because we've been serving clients in a lot of places around the world. And so there was always a component of virtual meetings to our day-to-day work. But with the pandemic, like everybody everybody else, all of our work became completely virtual. And one of the biggest challenges, honestly, was how to collaborate with each other inside the business when we were used to whiteboarding ideas together, uh, being in a room, working on deadline for an event or something like that. And we 
everybody had to do all that digitally. So it was, it made us uh, stretch ourselves in new ways and use these tools in new ways. And uh, one of the first challenges I think people realized they had to overcome was learning how to, I'm going to say, perform for the camera. Because when you're meeting face-to-face with people, you uh, have normal ways of interacting that you're accustomed to. You often use your hands and your full body to communicate. And you might even sometimes look down at your notes, but people know you're still in the room with them. But when you're in a virtual meeting, uh, you, your audience, your participants can't see all of those same things. They can't see your full body. Uh, if you turn off your camera, then they don't know if you're still there, if you're still listening, participating. So we all have had to learn how to be more present uh, and how to look into the camera lens so that the, our audience, our colleagues, our participants feel like we're really present. So there's quite a bit of learning on uh, one hand, but on the other hand, there's some positives. I, they're not seeing the full body. Uh, so I imagine people don't have the, I, I know I give a lot of talks as you do, is that uh, a lot of people have stage fright and they're wondering what but their shoes they have on. And we don't, it's really from uh, the upper part of the body uh, that we have to pay attention to, right? Honestly, it's really freeing as a person, a woman who has a lot of body uh, issues, body image issues. I don't have to worry about looking at my belly and I can curate my outfit from the waist up and give you uh, a view of what I want you to see and not what I don't, which to me is, is liberating. So I see that you're using a lot of hand movement and you're talking to me. Let's yeah. talk a little bit about hand movement. How important is that? Well, hands are another form of visual communication, something that a lot of us use, maybe not very intentionally, uh, to amplify a point, to uh, draw shapes in the air. If I want you to understand, I'm talking about being inside of a box or outside of a box. I might draw a box with my fingers. And those are things that we do in normal day-to-day -day communication without really realizing it. But when we're in a virtual communication setting, those signs and symbols become another powerful way to reinforce what we're saying visually so that people truly understand what we're saying. You don't always need slides, but your hands can almost make slides in the air. Now, there are differences between the various platforms. What is the platform that Duarte prefers uh, to use? Well, we try to be agnostic because our clients use many different platforms. I use Zoom quite frequently, and it is the baseline that we built our virtual training for, but others use uh, uh, Teams and Adobe Connect and WebEx and platforms like that, and they all do have differences. So you have to learn their quirks. And you mentioned whiteboarding. I'm curious, how, how can you use whiteboarding on these types of platforms? Oh, I, we're going to have to, I want to make sure we cover this because this is of personal interest to me. And yeah. I know you do a lot of it, but we're going to cut to a break and we'll be back in a few minutes with our guest mentor, Patty Sanchez, Chief Strategy Officer at Duarte Communications. The Mentors is now in its fifth year. Make sure you don't miss future shows. Subscribe at our website, thementorsradio.com. That is thementorsradio.com. This is Tom Laurie, and you're listening to The Mentors Radio. Hi, I'm the executive producer of The Mentors Radio Show. Usually I'm behind the scenes, but I want to tell you about something special. If you're an entrepreneur like me, you need steady energy and focus. Here's my secret. I rely on science-backed, high-quality, bulletproof collagen protein and other bulletproof products. My sister told me about it. At feelgreat.vip, you can learn the health journey of bulletproof founder Dave Asprey. Find out what sets these products apart from the rest. Nothing can replace the advice of your medical doctor, but good nutrition can absolutely enhance your mood, energy, and focus like it did for me. The demands of business, not to mention important time with family and friends, make steady energy so important. With more than 1 million fans, 1 million fans, I'm not alone in recommending Bulletproof. Go to feelgreat.vip. That's VIP, like very special person. feelgreat.vip to learn more. Better life, better business. Hi, I'm Christoph Naur. I'm a certified business and life coach helping business owners increase productivity, profits, and improve personal life. I'm the founder of Balance 6, money, health, relationship, time management, self-improvement, and higher power. 
I coach business owners to work smarter, not longer, to have time for better personal life. I hold you accountable for making time available to balance six, to nurture yourself and your relationships, and making more money with less stress. Get off the hamster wheel, and I will show you the secrets to real success. In case you're wondering about my accent, I came from Switzerland more than 30 years ago. But I assure you, my coaching will be in excellent English. Visit our website at balance6.biz. That's balance6.biz. And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Welcome back. This is Tom Loring. Today I'm with Patty Sanchez who is the Chief Strategy Officer at Silicon Valley's award-winning communication firm, Duarte. We're talking about effectively communicating and building relationships with customers and colleagues when using video conferencing platforms like Zoom. Remember, you can also listen to this show or any previous show via podcast on iTunes, TuneIn, Spotify, Google, and more on any device at any time. Subscribe at thementorsradio.com. Now, in the last segment, we just finished up on this thing of whiteboarding. I'm very curious because that it would seem to me could be a very effective tool. I, I I know you talk about it in presentations, but I would think even if you just had team meetings and ongoing, how do you how do you incorporate the whiteboarding into your presentations? And first of all, explain to the audience because maybe not everybody knows what whiteboarding is. Well, if anybody doesn't know what whiteboarding is, maybe you know what writing on a chalkboard is like or writing on a flip chart. It's the same idea. You want to visually sketch something in front of a group of people so that they can all see what you're drawing at the same time. So it's often handwritten and hand sketched visuals or words. And we used to use whiteboards in our office, right? And now we don't have, we're not all in the same place together, but we can use digital whiteboard tools like Miro or Mural are two uh, web-based applications you can use uh, to draw on or to generate visuals collaboratively with a group of people. You can basically share it like any other uh, website that you could share in Zoom or another virtual communication platform. So you, you can share this website and you as the facilitator can annotate on it. Uh, while everybody watches, you can invite them to the same document and they can annotate on it together with you. So we do that a lot in our brainstorming sessions, but you can also go old school and uh, you can actually have a whiteboard with you, a small one or one behind you in your space, in your office, and point a webcam at it so that people can watch you draw on it. Um, some of our facilitators do that. They have little mini, mini handheld whiteboards that they will point another camera at, or an iPad can be used that way too. It's just another device that can join the meeting that you can then write notes on that people will be able to see. One of the things you said in your book is that we need to, there's two things I want you to talk about. One is we're all pioneers. Even though uh, video conferencing has been around for a while, I see it as something that's still in the earliest stages with regards to its evolution, there'll probably be a ton of changes. Three questions. Uh, number one, how do people keep up with what's going on? How do, how do you keep up with it? Number two, you talk about breaking out of the flatlands. What does that mean? And the third is, is uh, as a pioneer, what are some of the things that pioneers should be thinking about in terms of establishing what I would call their online personality? Oh, such great questions. Well, let me take the first one. How do you keep up with things? One is uh, I, I read publications. I have newsletters and blogs that I subscribe to, but I learn the most from my colleagues and I'm lucky to work with some really creative, inventive people at Duarte. And there's always somebody who's tinkering with new technologies and then they'll share it out to the company. And so if, if I want to know about one of those Cool technologies, I'll reach out to them. Or maybe somebody in your family, younger than you, somebody, in a high school student or a college student who is a little more uh, on the cutting edge and uh, a little more of that early adopter who's willing to play with new tools, befriend those people and learn from them. Uh, and God bless the teachers because they've all had to learn this uh, on their own time with very little support. And so I know a lot of teachers who have also become real tech experts, but not because they wanted to, but because they had to. Uh, so your second question was, no, I'm trying to remember. Break was, out of the flatlands. Flat, break out of the flatlands. Thank you. Uh, well, what that means is this virtual medium turns us into, uh, puts us in boxes. 
So uh, you, you and I are looking at each other as almost two-dimensional images, like watching television. I can't see your full body. And so you're not as rich a, a, a person in this tiny little window that I'm looking at you through. But you can use the view that people see of you through that little window to add more depth and dimension to your presence. And some of that can be done just by being very intentional about how you arrange the objects in your environment, how you uh, choose your clothing and how you use your face and your gestures to make yourself kind of seem bigger and more uh, present to your audience through this tiny little window. We can talk more about that later. You're listening to The Mentors Radio Show. This is Tom Laurie. We're with Patty Sanchez, who's the author of Presenting Virtually. One of the things you mentioned, I think this is very important because I see this often that people don't, is where the head is placed in the screen. I have one guy that finally got his head in the middle. Uh, I usually saw the top of his head, but I, the, I and I do some other larger uh, nonprofit work. And when people get on, there, there's so much to be said about how they're presenting themselves. Let's let's talk with the the environment and what they need to think about and, and the environment that they're sitting in and the lighting. For sure. Well, the what you don't want to do is give people a, a weird view of what's going up on up inside your nose. <laughs> uh, you, you want the camera to be too high or too low, and a lot of reasons why that will happen is because you're using your laptop as the main vehicle for connecting with your audience. So you're relying on the built-in camera and the built-in audio in your laptop, and that's not going to give them the best experience of you. So at minimum, if you're using a laptop and you don't have a separate webcam, what you want to do is prop that laptop up on a stack of books or some boxes so that the built-in camera is at eye level. Because ultimately, you want that camera at eye level so that you're looking into the eyes of your audience as you're communicating. If you're not looking in the camera, you're not making eye contact with them. And then that's a less awesome experience for them. And uh, with all the new technology, you can create backdrops. Uh, and for some, you don't even need a green screen. And I'll do, I'll, I'll mention initially I had a green screen. It's not expensive. As a matter of fact, a lot of things that we'll be talking today, if you're opportunistic, it doesn't cost you a fortune to do things. For instance, I have a small ring light that I use. I've got a couple of them, but there's one that's like 16 or $17. And then for the green screen, I bought a, uh, a green, you know, that uh, bright green background in sheets. You can buy some sheets for 20 bucks and just yeah. hang them behind you. It's amazing. But now you don't even need that. But let's talk about the backdrop. I know you. it's very important that we align the backdrop with our brand or with the presentation. Yeah, you want to think about your presentation and how you present yourself the way a filmmaker would think about what the audience sees. When you're making movies, you're very deliberate about what the environment looks like. It's you set the scene and you're very deliberate about the wardrobe you choose for the characters and on and on. Everything is chosen deliberately to communicate something to the audience. And the same can be true of you when you're presenting yourself virtually. Think about the background that your audience sees behind you. And if you're presenting from home and it's a low stakes conversation, a team meeting or something like that, a one-on-one -on -one with your manager, totally fine to show them your natural environment. But there might be a situation where you're making a big pitch, you're trying to win a very large deal and you need to show up in a more professional way, then it might make sense if your background is kind of messy or, or uninteresting or cluttered to use a virtual background that gives a little more polish to your backdrop. And the tools are getting smarter about telling the difference between you and your background. Like Zoom has some built-in capabilities and other tools do too, so that your head is less likely to disappear. And as a footnote, you can get a lot of different pictures off of the internet that you can drop in as backgrounds. So if people don't know how to do that, you're not stuck with whatever the platform offers. Uh, so that's, that's very important. And let's talk, and we're going to, we're going to probably cut to, well, we still got some time in this segment. I want to talk a little bit about voice and the use. Now we're, we're trying to create a connection yeah. and everything you're talking, everything we're talking about is how do we create that connection? And this is true, whether it's a one-on-one -on -one or a presentation is yeah. trying are different venues, but voice is a big part of that. We've talked a little bit about the look, the clothes, uh, talk a little bit about voice. Sure. 
Well, for starters, you've got to put out a good quality signal. People have to be able to hear you. So get a better microphone than the one that's built into your laptop. So at minimum, you want people to be able to understand what you're saying. So your words need to come out clear and strong. More than that, you're more likely to keep your audience interested if you use vocal variety. Think like old time radio, make it interesting to listen to. They're more likely to stick around and listen and watch than to do something else. And we're going to, again, come back in a few minutes with our guest mentor, Patty Sanchez, who's an expert in virtual communications and presentations. Remember, you can now listen to our Saturday broadcast live anywhere in the world on iHeartRadio by clicking on San Francisco's KTRB, 860 AM, The Answer. This is Tom Laurie, and this is The Mentor's Radio Show. A lifetime ago, young naval aviator Tom McGuire took the oath of allegiance to support and defend the U.S. Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Now a San Francisco PD homicide inspector, McGuire hadn't thought about the oath in years, but that was all about to change. A famous local newspaper columnist had been murdered. For McGuire, there's an eerie chill of recognition about it, hearkening back to his days as a prisoner of war after being shot down in North Vietnam. A lifetime ago, another young naval pilot took that same oath. Also shot down in battle, he too spent time as a POW, same camp as McGuire. After 30 years, their lives were about to cross once again. But how and why after all these years? Multi-award winning mystery author Dennis Kohler's The Oath can be found online or for an autographed copy at oathbook.org. That's oathbook.org. Oathbook.org. Here at Mentors Radio, we've been working hard to help you succeed in every way possible. That's why we're proud to let you know about our newest find, BetterCreditDeal.com. BetterCreditDeal.com links you to a credit processing company, Cornerstone Payment Systems, that truly shares your ethical values and that can give you lower rates immediately. They don't just say it, they prove it to you. Their commitment to ethical behavior is rock solid. For example, unlike most other credit processing companies, something you may not have known before, Cornerstone refuses to process any porn-related business. They're not newbies either. The company we recommend has more than 50 years experience and provides 24-7 in-house support. See what they can do for you today. Go to BetterCreditDeal.com. That's BetterCreditDeal.com. BetterCreditDeal.com. We're hiring. The team at KMLPC is looking for savvy CPAs, accountants, and bookkeepers who love working with nonprofits. KMLPC consistently supports and protects our clients' vital interests, offering a wide variety of accounting and bookkeeping services in addition to CFO guidance if desired. Because KMLPC prioritizes digital integration, our team of exceptional staff may work remotely with ease. If you are a CPA, accountant, or bookkeeper looking for more business, meaningful work, and a great team who puts people first and who thrives on working with nonprofits, please send an email to jobs at kml-pc.com. That's jobs at kml-pc.com. We look forward to meeting you. Remember, send us an email at jobs at kml-pc.com or click our ad under the sponsor section of thementorsradio.com. And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Welcome back. This is Tom Laurie, and today I'm with Patty Sanchez, who's a Chief Strategy Officer at Silicon Valley's award-winning communication firm, Duarte. We're talking about effectively communicating and building relationships with customers and colleagues when using video conferencing platforms like Zoom. So... When we talked about the uh, the voice a minute ago and the variation. We've talked a little bit about facial hands. And I want to come back to the fact this is all about creating connection. How, how can people learn to do this? I and mean, we can talk about what they need to do, but how do they get to be better at it? Well, there's no substitute for practice. People who present really well are people who've done it over and over and over. You've heard the, the 10,000 hours 
concept, it, it applies to anything, including virtual communication. So to get better at it, you just need to do it and do it more often. But you can practice some of these techniques, like using different hand gestures, changing up your backgrounds, changing up your voice, your pitch, your pace, your volume in uh, in kind of practice presentations or practice meetings, find a feedback friend, whether that's an official coach you pay money to or just a colleague, a trust that you trust or a friend and get into a Zoom room with them or a WebEx or whatever tool you use and practice presenting, practice communicating using some of these techniques and ask them to give you feedback. There's no better way to get better than to try it and then have someone tell you, how did that land? And what do you say about being bold? Definitely be bold. Don't be afraid. I, I think there is a lot of opportunity to have fun with this medium. And so I would encourage you to uh, try new things, to try. I, I got a really sweet note from a follower on LinkedIn who, who sent me a note and said, I read the book cover to cover presenting virtually, and I was inspired to run my next team meeting in a totally new way. You know what I did? I, I took my slides and I made them my background, which you can do in Zoom. And uh, I presented in front of my slides, just like a weather forecaster would do in front of a weather map. And he said, they loved it. He sent me a little screenshot of all the feedback they were giving during the meeting and they were so engaged, which is the point. Now, was he perfect the first time out? Probably not. I'll bet he made some mistakes. I think maybe he should have adjusted his slides a little bit so he didn't cover his content while he was standing in front of his slides. But it served the purpose, which was to make his team more interested and engaged in the session. And to me, that's the big win. And he he did that because he was willing to practice to and to experiment. And I just, you know, high five to that guy and high five to you and anybody who wants to try it. And with that in mind, a big problem we all have to overcome are distractions, not well, we can be distracting on what we're doing, but our job is to engage because they're going to be distracted. Let's talk a little bit about how our audience can be distracted or the person on the other end, particularly usually one-on-one, -on -one, you don't have the problem. And how much, what is the attention span that people really have? We're going to move into presentations. What is that attention span and how do we deal with that? Well, some people will say, you might have seen this on the internet, that humans have the uh, attention span of a goldfish, a few seconds long, and it's a big running joke on Ted Lasso, which I love, but that, that has been debunked a bit. What I've seen in all the research is that people can't focus any longer than 10 minutes maximum. Now, this is based in uh, a school environment where students start to lose focus in a lecture as soon as 10 minutes. I think we have to assume we have our audience's attention for less time than that, especially busy business people who are at work trying to get something done while they're watching you in a meeting or in a presentation, call it five minutes or less. That means that what I have to do as a presenter, as a communicator is to grab their attention right away. And I have to hold their attention. I have to earn the right for them to still pay attention to me by making it interesting all the way through my presentation, hook them and rehook them throughout. So that takes us into presentations. And let's talk a little bit about planning or maybe I give you what are the top five things that people should think about. And I know planning and strategy are key to all of this. But what are the big takeaways about presenting virtually? I know you got a lot in the book, but we don't yeah. have time to go through all of them. Definitely not. Well, the first thing is, and it's true for all kinds of communication, in my opinion, is to empathize with your audience. If you do that more than any other thing, you'll be more successful in your communication. And that is especially important in virtual communication, because as you said, we're all distracted. And if anybody's joining your session from home, they probably have some screaming kids in the background. I know I've got a dog who's making like really distracting noises to my right and you know, the doorbell can ring at any second. And all of that is leading to me having a hard time staying focused on you. So think about your audience. What could be distracting them? How can you make your session more interesting for them? That's thing number one. Two is that it's also because it's hard for them to stay focused, it's going to be hard for them to process a lot of information at once. So make your information easier for them to consume. Simpler slides, shorter sound bites, uh, shorter segments, if it's a long session, break it into small sections so that it's also, again, easier for them to pay attention to you. Uh, and then you want to use some of those techniques that we talked about earlier to make 
the visual experience more engaging for them. Curate your background, uh, maybe dress for the occasion, and use slides or visual aids, even whiteboard, that support what you're saying. Not as complicated visuals, but that just underscore what you're trying to say so it's easier for people to follow along, but also more interesting to watch. And you say that there's uh, three different types of presenting, uh, linear, interactive, and collaborative. Yeah. Could you talk about the pluses uh, and minuses in the right uh, place when to use these types of uh, formats? For sure, yeah. Well, a uh, quick definition. So a linear presentation, you can think of it as being like a monologue. In uh, primetime TV, the host comes out and talks at the audience for X number of minutes and the joke of the day and all that. That's a monologue. They're only getting a tiny bit of reaction from the audience, you know, applause or laughter. That's what a linear presentation is like. You're standing and delivering or you're giving a, uh, an all hands update. If you're in a business, you're telling your employees how things went this quarter and then you're done. Uh, collaborative presentation is where you involve them a little bit more. You have some interactions built in, like in a webinar. There are polls or moments where you ask people to put messages or ideas, reactions in the chat. And then the, the uh, well, sorry, that's interactive. Then the collaborative presentation is really like a workshop where your participants and you are equal players and you're building something together. And those have value in different situations. Uh, the collaborative presentation makes the most sense when you really need to get people to buy into your idea. The more you involve them in co-creating that idea, the more likely they're going to say it's a great idea. In the interactive uh, presentation, the benefit of that is you're getting some feedback from the audience and incorporating that into your talk, but they're also feeling more heard. Like I said, the webinar or even the sales presentation should be more interactive. Your customer doesn't want to be talked at. They want to participate in the dialogue and build the solution together. And that linear presentation is great when you've got a big audience and you're just trying to get some key messages out, but there isn't as much interaction. So the downside of that is they're going to feel talked at. You want to use that really sparingly. When I come back, uh, I'd like to talk to you a little bit about the uh, three acts yeah. and also about latitudes, uh, which is one of the things that I was one of my great takeaways when I first learned about uh, Nancy's work. So this is Tom Laurie at Mentors, and we're going to be back in a few minutes with Patty Sanchez to discuss virtual communications. It's a bully, but we aren't afraid of a fight. It's elusive. But our focus never fades. It's deadly, but we were born to defeat cancer. You may not have heard of us, but our work has helped millions impacted by cancer. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. We are leaders in advancing breakthroughs in immunotherapy, genomics, and personalized medicine. This research saves lives. After 65 years of fighting blood cancers, We've arrived at a game-changing belief. The cures for cancer are in our blood. The drugs and treatments we've developed for blood cancers have helped people affected by many different types of cancers. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Beating cancer is in our blood. Learn more at LLS.org. Hi, I'm the executive producer of The Mentors Radio Show. Usually I'm behind the scenes, but I want to tell you about something special. If you're an entrepreneur like me, you need steady energy and focus. Here's my secret. I rely on science-backed, high-quality, bulletproof collagen protein and other bulletproof products. My sister told me about it. At feelgreat.vip, you can learn the health journey of bulletproof founder Dave Asprey. Find out what sets these products apart from the rest. Nothing can replace the advice of your medical doctor, but good nutrition can absolutely enhance your mood, energy, and focus like it did for me. The demands of business, not to mention important time with family and friends, make steady energy so important. With more than 1 million fans, 1 million fans, I'm not alone in recommending Bulletproof. Go to feelgreat.vip. That's VIP, like very special person. Feelgreat.vip to learn more. And now... Back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Welcome back. This is Tom Laurie, and today I'm with Patty Sanchez, who is the author of Presenting Virtually. And we're talking about how you can build relationships over the net with platforms like Zoom. So we were talking about the um, 
different types of presentations. I, I let's uh, I, I going back to understanding the audience. One of the great things it was so simple when uh, Nancy and I talked about it, and I read her book was this continuum of those we present to. And I saw that you've uh, updated that. You've got what I call the latitude of rejection, the latitude of non-commitment, and the latitude of acceptance. Let's, that's a very important concept in communications. Could you elaborate on that? Yeah, right. it's kind of fancy terms for a simple idea, which is, are people likely to agree with you or not? And when you're presenting, anytime you're communicating, I assume you're communicating with a goal in mind. You want to get somebody to accept an idea or agree with you to do something, even if it's with your spouse or a partner to say yes, to go to see West Side Story, which I had to do a lot of convincing about with my husband. <laughs> uh, and I would do well before I start talking at him uh, to think about how likely is he to agree with me that West Side Story is a movie worth seeing. And if uh, and I knew that it was not going to be high on his list of movies to see, not a big fan of musical theater. So on that continuum of idea acceptance, he would be more likely to start out in the place of latitude of rejection, where he's going to say, that sounds lame and I'm not going with you. Uh, and that's very different than, say, if I were to talk to my friend Dave, who loves musical theater, and invite him to come see the movie with me, he would be more likely on the far right uh, or the other end of the continuum latitude of acceptance. Yeah, for sure, I'm all in. So I don't have to talk at Dave for very long to convince him to go see this movie with me. For my husband, it's going to take more persuading, more explaining, as, as Desi Arnaz might have said. Uh, so knowing that this person I'm trying to persuade is not likely to like my idea, I have to think through now, what do I need to say to win him or her over to accept my idea? Here are all the reasons why this movie would be a great one for you to see, the reasons why you'll like it, not why I'm going to like it, but why you will like it. So trying to figure out where your audience is on that latitude of acceptance or rejection will help you determine what things you need to say to them that will make them want to do what you want them to do. And again, it goes back to empathy. What are the reasons why they might accept your idea? And that's what you need to say to win them over. So that I'm in the biotech field and what I've learned, and this is the takeaway, is that when I go out and pitch the company and we're raising money, you have people that are very knowledgeable about biotech and you have others that aren't knowledgeable about it at all. Yeah. So there's a continuum of understanding that you also have to take into account. And it doesn't mean that if they're sophisticated, they're going to accept, or if they're unsophisticated, they're going to reject. Right. It's just understanding where they are in the process, uh, realizing that you can have acceptance and rejection at every uh, point in the continuum. Now, that really gets back to then the story and the journey. Let's talk about the beginning and the end. And first, let me just uh, let the audience know that uh, this is the Mentors Radio Show, and we're talking with Patty Sanchez, who's the author of Presenting Virtually. So let's talk about the journey and starting with the beginning and the end. Well, the way that Duarte thinks about the audience journey is how do you uh, how do you move your audience from where they are right now to where you want them to, to be by the end of your communication? So as we're talking about, your audience may not know much about the subject or they may be really against this idea. And that's their move from the place where they're starting, the things that they would think and feel about your idea. Then the move to is how you would like to see their thoughts or feelings about this subject change by the end. And in between, is that journey you need to take them on in your presentation or in your argument uh, to convince them uh, to overcome those questions or objections and convince them that this is the right thing to do. And once you've planned that out, which we do, when anytime we're developing a piece of persuasive communication, we start with the move from move to. Once you identify that, then it helps you understand what messages you need to communicate and then how you wanna structure those. And you can make it a really interesting argument and appeal if you use storytelling structure. And this is any change using virtual communication from what you did before face-to-face -face slide presentations, any, or pretty much use the same process for developing the story. It's very much the same process. Although I know that I'm, my audience is more distracted when they're online than when we're in a room together, because it's harder for them to 
you know, keep staring at their phone when we're in a physical room, a meeting room together, but it's very easy for them to look at something else while we're in a virtual room together. And so I, I know that I need to add more variety into my virtual presentation to keep their interest. I also know I can't drone on as long. So I usually need to get to the point faster than if I'm meeting with them in person and there's all the, you know, extra time for chit chat and personal, you know, updates and all that. So there's a big uh, continuum in terms of technology, the use of technology, space and whatever. Let's talk just for a second. If somebody wanted to move from their laptop and a webcam or whatever to the next level, and I know the largest level you talk about is, you know, go back into the garage, set up something, multiple lights, and, and this all can be done. It depends on what you want to spend, but you can do some pretty fancy things. Just take us through the journey a little bit about stepping up. What are some of the simple things? Let's start with the laptop to the next step, maybe the next two steps, what people should think about. For sure. Well, when I first started working from home more often, yeah, I needed my laptop here, but I also needed to get a better set of earbuds with a mic, good quality mic built in. So that's the first upgrade you can make so that your audio quality is better. And you don't ideally won't don't want to use wireless earbuds because they're more likely to cut out. Uh, and so wired is even better or wired microphone. Uh, so that's the first thing you can do is get that better quality audio input. The next thing you can do, and it's the next upgrade I made, is I got a webcam and a second monitor that I hooked up to my laptop. So now with a second monitor, what I can do, especially helpful when I'm presenting, is I can have the Zoom window open on one screen and I can have my speaker notes open on another screen for those moments when I really need to make sure I hit the key points on each slide, if I'm giving a slide presentation, then I can make my speaker notes large and I put them underneath the webcam on my monitor, the secondary monitor, so it's easier for me to refer to my notes without breaking eye contact with the camera. So those are some better upgrades you can do that'll make it your presence more professional. And what do you think about the ring lights, the use of ring lights? I've got two, one has different, uh warmth and another is a little straightforward with white light but uh they're a great addition for sure i have a cube light in front of my or behind my monitor that i can turn on for you know presentations later in the day i need the extra light i also have what we call a fill lamp just a little desktop lamp to the left of my monitor that adds a little extra warmth to my face uh, the more lighting, the better, so long as it isn't harsh and you never want it behind you because that's going to make your face silhouette. There's a trend also now with these trade association meetings where you can deliver recorded, pre-recorded presentations. Mm -hmm. You know, used to, you'd go, you get into a room, you give a live presentation. Now, well, any advice on pre-recorded presentations? I, I guess it would be the same in terms of planning, except you can have a a lot of redos, right? Yeah. Let's, we're gonna, let's come back. I see the lights flashing. Let's come back. Uh, and uh, we're talking with Patty Sanchez. You're going to find all of our past shows, show notes, and links on our website, thementorsradio.com. That's mentorsradio.com. Also, we were talking about a lot of elements in preparing a presentation. And I mentioned the books that uh, Duarte has published on, on the subject of communication. And we, again, will post these on our website at the end of the show. This is Tom Laurie, and this is the Mentors Radio Show. Better life, better business. Hi, I'm Christoph Nauer. I'm a certified business and life coach, helping business owners increase productivity, profits, and improve personal life. I'm the founder of Balance 6, money, health, relationship, time management, self-improvement, and higher power. I coach business owners to work smarter, not longer, to have time for better personal life. I hold you accountable for making time available to Balance 6, to nurture yourself and your relationships, and making more money with less stress. Get off the hamster wheel and I will show you the secrets to real success. In case you're wondering about my accent, I came from Switzerland more than 30 years ago. But I assure you, my coaching will be in excellent English. Visit our website at balance6.biz. That's balance6.biz. A lifetime ago, young naval aviator Tom McGuire took the oath of allegiance to support and defend the U.S. Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. 
Now a San Francisco PD homicide inspector, McGuire hadn't thought about the oath in years, but that was all about to change. A famous local newspaper columnist had been murdered. For McGuire, there's an eerie chill of recognition about it, hearkening back to his days as a prisoner of war after being shot down in North Vietnam. A lifetime ago, another young naval pilot took that same oath. Also shot down in battle, he too spent time as a POW, same camp as McGuire. After 30 years, their lives were about to cross once again. But how and why after all these years? Multi-award winning mystery author Dennis Kohler's The Oath can be found online or for an autographed copy at oathbook.org. That's oathbook.org, oathbook.org. It's a bully, but we aren't afraid of a fight. It's elusive, but our focus never fades. It's deadly, but we were born to defeat cancer. You may not have heard of us, but our work has helped millions impacted by cancer. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. We are leaders in advancing breakthroughs in immunotherapy, genomics, and personalized medicine. This research saves lives. After 65 years of fighting blood cancers, we've arrived at a game-changing belief. The cures for cancer are in our blood. The drugs and treatments we've developed for blood cancers have helped people affected by many different types of cancers. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Beating cancer is in our blood. Learn more at LLS.org. And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Welcome back. This is Tom Laurie, and today I'm with Patty Sanchez, who is an expert with regards to effectively communicating and building relationships with customers and colleagues when using video conferencing platforms like Zoom. So we're talking just before the end of the last uh, segment about live versus recorded presentations. And what, one thing I learned, because I was forced to do a pre-recorded presentation in the biotech field, I did not know, and I'm not I'm not sure you guys recommend using this, but PowerPoint offers you an opportunity to record uh, with the slides. You can create your slides and you can actually record and you don't have to go beginning to end. You can actually record slide by slide so you can move your slides around. But could you talk a little bit about using uh, that type of format or something like that and getting a pre-recorded uh, presentation that you might use in a conference? Yeah, sure. Well, I know that PowerPoint offers that option and that could be fine for a low stakes kind of uh, conversation or presentation. I would err for a big conference on the side of better quality video capture, uh, which Zoom can do pretty decent video output, uh, higher res, but for the highest stakes situations, for instance, I'll go into the office, which still exists, at Duarte, and we have a studio with better quality sound equipment. We have a videographer who show up with a DSLR and pointed at me with good quality mic, and that's how I'll pre-record my really kind of like main stage virtual keynotes. And speakers love those pre-recorded presentations because it lets you uh, get do-overs in case you flub a line, and also you can do post-production edits to edit in graphics that make it look more like a television production than just a regular Zoom meeting. So I'm, I'm a fan, but in my research and surveys that we've done at Duarte, we've also found audiences don't love pre-recorded presentations as much as they prefer live ones because if you're going to an event you're showing up because you want to be part of a moment and you want to hear from that expert at that moment in time and and so they really crave an opportunity to get some interaction with you so in an ideal world if you have to get pre-recorded do a little live q a at the end or lurk in the chat during your presentation as it's getting played back and answer questions from the audience so that they feel like they're learning from you. If we're a mentor, then that's our purpose is to, is to help people learn. And what is the best presentation you've seen virtually? You don't have to name the company, but maybe you can tell us what was it about the best presentation you've ever seen in the last couple of years uh, that was done virtually? Well, I've seen some really incredible ones, and it, I'm going to say that it depends on the situation, because I've seen some gorgeous 
uh, well-produced Hollywood-style virtual presentations that some very big tech companies have done for their user conferences, I'll call them, <clears throat> where the expectation is you're going to see a show. And it looks gorgeous with lots of different camera angles. It's as good as any Netflix TV show. And that's great if you have that budget. But I've also seen really great virtual presentations that were an executive speaking without slides, eye contact with the camera, delivering a very emotional message during the pandemic when their employees needed to feel heard and supported and reassured. And a, a leader telling stories straight to a camera is just as powerful, if not more powerful. And uh, we're going to run out of time. I got two questions left. One is, tell people what storyboarding is and the importance of storyboarding that gets back to the beginning and the end and the journey but let's be clear about the importance of storyboarding well that's another form of planning out what you're going to say in the movie world storyboarding is actually sketching every single scene that is going to be filmed so you know ahead of time what is going to be the visual uh, and we do something similar when we create presentations at Duarte. Designer sketches every frame to go along with the content. So we have a, a meaningful, intentional visual for each idea. And how would you tell me, uh, after I've given a presentation, whether or not I've hit the mark? What is it that you would, uh, how, how would I know that I've hit the mark? I would ask your audience, do a survey, look at the feedback that they're giving after the presentation, during the presentation, are they engaged? I think that is a is a win. If if they're commenting in the chat, if they're uh, asking questions, all of that shows that they're involved, they're they're engaged, and uh, you're more than halfway there. Yeah, I found that the Q and A can be extremely important to tell them about the depth of understanding and what you've been able to do. Well, listen, thank you very much, Patty. Uh, we're going to have to close out here. We've run out of time. That's it until next week. We've been talking to virtual communications and presentations expert, Patty Sanchez. She is the author of Presenting Virtually, Communicate and Connect with Online Audiences. We will be posting a link to this book as well as others. We have mentioned on our show, on our website, thementorsradio.com. When you're there, make sure you subscribe to future shows. Again, it's thementorsradio.com. Join us next week at the same time for the next edition of The Mentors Radio. Until then, this is Tom Laurie signing off for today. Remember to be all that you can be and keep the candle lit for all who struggle in the darkness. It's been The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. To get more information about the program or a sponsor, to download a podcast of today's show, or to leave a question for our host, go to TheMentorsRadio.com. That's www.TheMentorsRadio.com. The preceding program, copyright CBJ, LLC. All rights reserved.